Hey, how you guys doing? Producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Pretty Little Riverdale podcast. This will be episode three, even though we're on episode four on the show because our first episode was a double-sized issue. Um, on the line tonight, I have my two favorite Archie talkers. Um, it's Cicely from up north, our neighbor to the north. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, we're doing good, good, good. And from parts that are known, not unknown, <laughs> it is uh, <laughs> C. Talene. C. Talene, how are you doing? Hello. You know, I like to keep it incognito. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Not from, not from too far away. Um, not from too far away. How are y'all digging the? Yeah, how are y'all digging the intro music? I keep going with a different kind of Archie scene song every week. Uh, what would y'all think of last week's? If you even got a chance to listen to the podcast, I loved it. <laughs> I did too. Every time I'm like, where did he find this music? I love it. I think right. it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Right. Now, did y'all watch Archie's Weird Mysteries? It was a very short and very brief kind of turn Archie into Scooby-Doo type show that came on, I would say, in the mid-2000s. No, I don't what, remember what that What channel was it on? Um, now, I can't remember the actual channel that it was on, um, and I'm not even sure which channel that I watched it on. Um, and it was only on for one season. Um, there's probably, if I had to shoot a guess, probably 13 episodes. Um, and it really was just an Archie show. It was literally Scooby-Doo. Like, they were investigating mm-hmm. p- paranormal activities in Riverdale. And um, there was all the characters that you would think of in Archie. They were all there. But it was Scooby-Doo. And it was called Archie's Weird Mysteries. And it had that really awesome theme song. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, and that was it. But it was probably, oh, man, I would say probably, I don't think my kids were born. So it was probably 2004-ish, three-ish, something like that. That totally missed my radar, but that sounds like something I would love to watch. So I will yes. have to look for it on YouTube. Yes. Yeah, I YouTube, was in Vancouver sure. by then, so I would have missed it entirely. Yeah, oh, I was busy being married and having babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like those years are a blur. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, don't expect a lot of quality. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so keep your expectations low. You're saying. Yes, I would keep it to um, almost as low as Return to Riverdale low. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, I liked Return to, to Riverdale though when it came on. Mm-hmm. I was excited by that movie. I was when I came on. As an adult, when I later saw it, I wasn't as excited. Um, <laughs> but so yes, getting when it came on Jesus, initially. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, gonna say getting back to the music. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, getting I'll, back I'll, to the music does this mean <laughs> we don't know who's going to talk? Never mind. Forget. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, I, I was just going to ask, put in a request for the U.S. of Archie theme. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can look for that. I think I'll be able to find it. <laughs> YouTube is a wonderful thing. Uh, so definitely uh, try to get that in the introduction. Oh, wait. A, but speaking of YouTube, I just want to say I did watch Dirty Teacher. Thank you for yeah. sending oh that link to me. <laughs> I watched it in a half an hour because I fast-forwarded through most, most of it. But it was horrible. But I do think that is where they got the Grundy storyline from. So thank you. I would definitely agree with that, um, and yes, and we do get a chance to resolve uh, much of the Grundy stuff uh, today, which is be great. Um, God. Uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, I know it's going to come back to haunt us, but yes, we'll get a chance um. to do it. Uh, episode four was called The Last Picture Show, um, and like I said, we'll go through some of the plot points from the episode here. If I can find my notes, I'll scroll through it really badly here. Um, episode recaps. First off, how did the episode work for you? What did you think for episodes in, uh, Sissy? Um, you know, I'm 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 glad that the the Grundy issue has been put to bed. I'm not going to say it's been resolved, but the resolution was just like it was a serious denouement, as if I can use the French term. It was a letdown. Yeah. 
um, mm-hmm. because it doesn't. It was just sort of like she'd been caught. Everybody knew what she did, and yet she still got away with it, and right. that's deeply unsatisfying. And um, the way that they played it out, especially as she was leaving, to show that she's not as innocent as she may seem, that she still has these predatory instincts. I thought that that was interesting, but I still feel like, I don't know, this show has this this tendency to really cheap out on the really big hits that where mm-hmm. you expect them, um, but sometimes you get really big hits where you don't expect them, and those are kind of nice, and we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, yeah. I, it, 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 it feels completely unresolved. Okay. Uh, um, I'm the, I don't I'm not going to talk about the Grundy issue yet because I'm sure we're going to talk about it later. So I'm yes. just going to cut that part out of my episode review in my mind. Mm-hmm. This is actually one of my favorite episodes so far, and I think it's because we got to see more of the parents a little bit um, mm-hmm. than we've we've ever seen before, and I I'm enjoying what's happening with the adults a little bit more than what's happening with the kids. I did like um, Jughead's storyline this week, um, but that last scene just threw me for mm-hmm. a, yeah, a little bit. Um, right. I was like at the beginning when he's um, at the chocolate shop and he's talking about the drive-in closing and I'm like, why is he so upset about this job? He needs to calm down. And then at that last scene, we, we realized, exactly right. why it means so much to him and I was like that that was really good. I liked how right. they did that. Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, so let's go in some through some of the bullet things. We'll start about the uh, the drive in in Riverdale is closing. It's an institution of the town. Um and it is closing down. Jughead does work there as the film projectionist and other things which we'll get to at the end to not spoil it. Um and his whole the whole episode really kind of focuses on Jughead saying goodbye to that. But there's also a tie-in to that as well, is that the reason that it is closing is that um, there's going to be a new development there by Lodge Enterprises, um, and there's some sort of deal going on between Hermione Lodge and Mayor McCoy, played by Robin Gibbons. Um <laughs> Yeah, no. Every time we talk, I will not. I will not shade Robin Gibbons this week. I, I promise. Please feel free to shade her all you want. Um. Uh. So yeah. So let's let's get into it. Um. Going in chronological order, the episode starts off with Jughead talking about this at the chocolate shop, but then everything gets tied into like everybody knows Archie's like having sex with his teacher with Miss Grundy. Like everybody knows. Betty confronts mm-hmm. him about it. Jughead does pretty much what every dumb dude does and like, what you talking hey, somebody else told you? And just totally blurts the secret <laughs> out and confronts it. Um so like everybody and then uh, Veronica knows and like all everybody knows except any of the knowing adults in the town. Uh what'd y'all think about all the adults, all the teenagers knowing and what Archie's doing. And none of them going to the police or an, an adult, by the way. Uh, I felt like ahead. that was oh sorry, go no, ahead. Cicely, go ahead. No, you got it. Um, I felt like that was actually kind of true to the way news travels um, anyway amongst teenagers and their parents. The parents are always the last ones to know. Um, meanwhile, the kids are like, it, get, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then finally when it explodes, that's when the parents finally find out. Um, I, one of my favorite parts about the, the, dis, the discovery amongst all the kids was when uh, Veronica was still inside the chocolate shop and she's looking out the window. She's like, What's going on? What are they talking about? Are they talking about me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought that the way that they did that was um, was kind of you know that's pretty much in line with my memories of what it was like to be a teenager. Um, about Jughead going on and on and on about the movie theater, I thought it was kind of a. Uh, first of all, the name of the show, the name of the episode, is a really nice uh, touchback to the movie, The Last Picture Show. Um, which came out, like, I think in 1971, which if you've never seen it, is kind of thought of as one of the better coming-of-age films, kind of thought of along the same lines of um, American Graffiti and that sort of thing. Um, It's a beautiful movie, and Civil Shepherd is, like, 17 or 18, something ridiculous in the movie. Um, So I thought that that was really nice. It made sense to me that Jughead would be 
um, you know, the kind of kid that I remember from high school who was really into art with a capital A or cinema with a capital right. C, never movies. Um, mm-hmm. So I was really only thinking about his, his, him, his emoting about the theater closing down from that perspective. So the ultimate reveal when it finally came out was really, really surprising to me. What did you think about the teenagers, Cecilie? Um, I thought that was very accurate. Um, I tweeted you guys an article this week that this happened in my high school, this exact mm-hmm. storyline, except this was real life, happened in my high school. And right. all of us knew, and none of us told anybody. We never even thought of telling an adult. It was just something that you knew happened. You knew that this mm-hmm. teacher slept with black football players. Mm-hmm. You know that you knew that the white coach got a black girl pregnant and he got his job back. It's like that was just stuff you knew. So that was right. very accurate to me. Um, I I think, you know, the whole thing with how Betty's mom found out, at first I was like, Betty, you know your mom is like Inspector Clouseau. Why would you hide <laughs> things in your room so horribly and why would you write about it in your diary so at first I thought oh Betty you're so dumb but then I thought maybe Betty is really really smart and she did this to set Archie up I don't know I like it if it was a setup like this manipulative I'm gonna let my mom be the bad guy but I'm still gonna save my friend type of a thing so in my mind that's what was happening there I kind of thought when it was happening I'm like based on my uh, day job vocational thing. I'm like, if this was going on, they would Snapchat about it every 15 seconds, and it would be all over the school before anything that could happen. But I also see that the the relationship between educator and student is still considered, is, even though it's not as much as it was, still considered somewhat sacred, and they really never mm-hmm. want to get the teachers into trouble. They don't. Like, it, it, even mm-hmm. the ones they dislike a lot, they will really protect them to the end. So, God forbid it was one that they actually liked. They, it would be a while before it got out. So, I was I was kind of okay with the way it went, it went down there, but then, and going to our next plot point there, then the, uh, Betty this week, instead of Jughead being uh, Veronica Mars, Betty is now Veronica Mars, and she's doing this interview with uh, with Grundy trying to, you know, for the school newspaper <laughs> to come. It's like, what is this? Like, you know, the Inquisitor. And uh, then the breaking into the car. with uh, I like that scene with her and uh, Veronica breaking too. into the that car. That was really good. good. That was really good. It was shot very well. The dialogue was perfect. Um, and but her finding the gun and then her being Jennifer Gibson and all of that. I was like, okay, I guess. In the, in the light of the way the show was going, I thought it made perfect sense. Um, what did y'all think about Betty Betty Mars this week instead of Jughead Mars? <laughs> go ahead, Cecily, you can go. I liked it. I, she was, I liked the interview. I did want to say when she said she did the independent study with Jason Blossom the year before, yeah. I was like, aha, I knew that Archie wasn't her first little redheaded lover, called it. Um, but we mm-hmm. still don't know if they were lovers, but we could assume that they were. Yeah. Um, she was definitely asking some leading questions um, there. I don't think she got everything she was looking for. I definitely liked the scene when she was breaking into the car. Um, the nostalgia part of me liked when she talked about fixing cars with her dad because that felt yes. like the Betty that I know, so I liked that mm-hmm. part. Um, I do have to nitpick. They are so into details, but I had to pause when they did the license for Jennifer Gibson because it was a Minnesota license, and I used to live there. So I had to check out her address (laughs) and how old she was. So they got the address a little bit wrong, and she was born, and I think, in 1982. So she's only 24, so I needed to know how old she was. Um, Okay. But, you know, I like that. I like that interaction between her and Veronica. I liked Veronica asking her, are you just doing this because you still have feelings for Archie? Because I think that's what people are wondering. But, um, 
you know, the whole finding the gun thing, they, I don't know, they didn't really explain why she had the gun. I don't, I, I felt like there was still, like Cecily said, that's going to come back to haunt us. This, the storyline might come back right. up a little bit later in the series. All right. Cecily, uh, Veronica or Betty Mars. It's like when you were talking about um, Archie's weird mysteries. If they had um, a spinoff where Betty and Veronica just went and solved mysteries, I would probably watch yeah. it. <laughs> I would watch that. I would watch. Yeah, that I would too. watch that too. Yeah. Um, I I I loved watching Betty um, break into the car. Um, I keep hoping that that's a skill that we'll get to see again. Um, you know, at some <laughs> point in the series, if we get to see if we get to season two. Um, you know, I, I, to hear Cecilia talk about the setup and what, and how poorly Betty hid everything, hid all of her evidence, mm-hmm. um, I kind of like this idea that this was really just a way of Betty saying, you know what, this is bigger than me, and this is bigger mm-hmm. than, you know, us kids, quote unquote, can handle. So I'm going to be, you know, as obvious as I possibly can and just put a handgun on top of my underling or my under thing, uh, because we know my mom goes through my room and goes through my stuff. So, because I feel like if she was really trying to make sure no adult, specifically her mom, who is the enforcer in Riverdale, apparently, um, yes. I think she would have hidden things a little bit better. Um, I like the way that it was shot. Um, I, I, I still really, really enjoy the camaraderie between Betty and Veronica, and part of me mm. just hopes that the show doesn't lose that soon. I know it's kind right. of inevitable when you have teenage girls that they have a falling out, um, but I, I enjoy them as a couple, not like a couple couple, but as a couple mm. and a pair. Um, right. And um, I would just watch a show that's just about them. <laughs> yeah, I, I would yeah. too. Uh, yeah, I, again, I've said it since the first episode, the chemistry between them two, is much stronger than the chemistry between Archie, air quotation, who's the lead, air quotations, of the show and any of the um, the other characters on there. Um, I did forget to throw in there, they did drop another Archie Kins uh, and a Ronnie. They did. Like when he was talking they to did. each other um, about him doing whatever he's doing with uh, with Miss Grundy. Um, so it's always a nice nod. Um, the other point there being... Um, how does Betty does not have y'all are making me think that it is was like totally obvious or totally on purpose that she did that like you're like the only teenage girl who doesn't have her diary locked away somewhere with a lock on it or locked someplace or hidden you just got it like literally laying out on top you might as well just left it out while you stuck it in a drawer um so yeah um, and why did she write in her diary in pencil I I just I mean I'm somebody I really enjoy good stationery and fountain pens and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, right. she's got this okay middle of the road journal, but she's writing pencil. Who writes in pencil? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a journalist trick, uh, you know, to have to go back. Okay, then give her a moleskin know. journalist notebook, not like a yeah. diary with a little lock yeah. on it. Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all it was missing was a little Hello Kitty on it. All right. So, yeah, so Betty goes around for Mars on Grundy. The other kind of, I guess, BC plot going on is what's going on with the drive-in theater. It's not just closing because it's a relic, even though drive-in theaters are a relic somewhat. Um, it's being mowed down by the Andrews Corporation is the person, the people that are going to actually demolish it. Uh, but the reason that it's being demolished is that the land has been bought by large enterprises. Um, and then there's this shady – one of my notes that I had on that I didn't send you guys, was like everybody was kind of shady this week. And so we got to see shady Hermione Lodge this week um, exchanging money with shady mayor of Riverdale, uh, Mayor McCoy. And um, and I, li- I, I kind of like that scene because the way they've been painting Hermione Lodge so far has been this kind of innocent – you know, well, this is what's happened to us, and, you know, so be it. But we got a chance to see her little claws a little bit with that scene with Cheryl at the chocolate shop, which was a great mm-hmm. scene, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to see both of their claws come out, and then, um, you know, her dealings with McCoy and the serpents, which we'll get to in a little bit. So what do you think about Shady Hermione, Cecily? Um, you know, I was thinking about how you were just saying about innocence and, you know, having um, – you know, playing Hermione and finally showing what she's really like. And I was thinking about how 
they do her makeup. Mm-hmm. And I'm also thinking about how this week, um, in this week's episode of the show, um, the makeup uh, interstitials were all about how they get Betty's, Betty's clean, innocent, no makeup look. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know that it's partly because um, the actress who plays for my is older, but it's also just because mm-hmm. that what they're doing with her makeup, especially when she's in the chocolate shop, um, when she's in the chocolate shop, her makeup is a little more haggard. Her hair is definitely, just, mm-hmm. you know, all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they dress her down. But when she's trying to be a little more, um, I don't know, a little shadier, her makeup mm-hmm. changes ever so slightly, like they'll change her lip color a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And then her makeup is not quite as haggard or the lighting isn't quite as haggard. So it's like it's been a subtle cue all along. Like if you look at Hermione, the, everything was not, as it seemed, just by looking at how they do her makeup on the show. Um, so I thought that that was really, really interesting. I'm, I'm kind of sad, though, in that it's starting to, and I didn't think I would be sad about this, but it's starting to seem like that there are no good parents in Riverdale at all. I don't mean good right. in terms of, like, mm-hmm. their parenting, parenting skills, but it's like amongst the adults, there's nobody to root for. And I'm not sure right. I like that, but I, but I have an outsized appreciation for the adults on, like, Friday Night Lights, you know, who are oh, yeah. complex, and, mm-hmm. you know, but who are essentially pretty, pretty good people. But there right. are no good adults on Riverdale right now, and, and that's a little disorienting for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you saw that a little bit with the you know with the makeup and the classy side too when she has that conversation with Smithers later on like yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah this is what I'm about you know you really got a chance to see the term as well as her ability to manipulate um, Veronica uh, when she you know when she confronted her about the video that Cheryl had with her talking to the serpent mm-hmm. by the way so I'm like oh okay you, you, she was more layered in this episode than she had been completely at all you know she was just she was really just a side, like, kind of character at the point. And then they also firmly made them Hispanic as well by, you know, her calling mm-hmm. her daughter Miha. I was like, yeah, finally. You know, don't just make it, like, just like this, you know, fair-skinned, white, Hispanic person. I would need you to throw that in there at least maybe a little bit more, she, too. But, uh, you know, throw She it did in. that in last week's episode, too. Did she? Okay, I must have missed it. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I like that part. Uh, what do you think about Shady Hermione, uh, c Um, I liked it. I felt like the first few episodes, um, especially in the pilot, it kind of felt like things were just happening to Hermione. And in this this week, we see that she's playing more of a part. Um, When she got that bag of money, you know, I kind of wondered, okay, what happened with the bag of money? You know, Mm -hmm. I, I tweeted, is they rich or is they poor? Because it's like (laughs) (laughs) you see Hermione working at the chocolate shop. She does look haggard, but then she's in this beautiful apartment, which they own. She did say it's in her name. They said that in the first episode. And then Veronica's talking about flying in cupcakes for Betty in episode two, but then they don't. It's like I'm very confused about their money situation. Um, (laughs) like very confused about by that but you're mm-hmm. right Cecily about her makeup and how she looked so polished when she walked into the mayor's office to like seal the deal with her I was like really taken aback by how beautiful she looked and she just looked mm-hmm. so polished in that episode mm-hmm. and in that scene it was really good um I liked her I'm looking forward to, to like I said the adults I was really enjoying what they were doing much more this week than the kids per se so I want to hear more about um, Hermione Lodge. I want to. I know Hiram's in jail, but I want to see Hiram. I want him to show up. Yeah, I do too. And yeah. do something. Has he been cast yet? I, I if you look on him. IMDb, it doesn't look like it's been cast. Um, mm-hmm. so that could be maybe a season, season two. Yeah, season two reveal. Um, I was I was looking about uh, Shady Mayor McCoy as well, and I'm like. Again, I'm sensitive about these things. Just, you know, shoot me. All right, so we got <laughs> Chuck that got led out by whoever uh, to maybe, maybe, maybe be seen again. And then you got the mayor of the town, who is the mother of Josie or whatever, but she's also taking, you know, shady deals or whatever. And that always going to come back to haunt the character or whatever. It's not like she's going to get out of this unscathed. So at some point in time, you know, you're going to see um, Robin Givens doing the perp walk. And um Well, come on now. Robin Givens is going to Robin Givens. She's so typecast <laughs> in that role. 
I just want to go on record that that was not me who said that. <laughs> as soon as you see Robin Gibbons, you know she's going to be shady. She's going to be unethical. I mean, it's the dimple and the gap in her teeth. It's just like, okay, this is what Robin Gibbons does. That's just what she does. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. But still, I don't really. I was like, really? I don't know. It's, we're gonna see her get perp walked out, and you know. And again, <laughs> there is a chance that there, there's a story in there where we see Josie and them not soft showing for everybody and just singing and dancing. You know, when her mother gets arrested. You know, there's there could be a story there where we see something. Unless she goes and makes a song about it. You know, you want to hear a song about it? Like it, here it go. (laughs) If that's the case, I'm going to be really pissed off. But if there's a story that's going to be built in there about the turmoil that comes between mother and daughter, then I'm, Mm. you know, I'm all here for that. Um, You know, because it would seem like Josie is probably, at least from the looks of things, you know, somebody that's on the up and up and the narrow path. And, you know, knowing that her mother might be taking shady deals or money or whatnot, is she going to be okay with that because she's taking that money and helping further her music career? Or is she going to be like, I can't believe you did that? You know, there could be an interesting story there. Um, But then that uh, might also explain why Josie is the way that she is. Like, she's she's very, very driven. She's she's obviously a perfectionist, except for, you know, she melts whenever Archie gives her, like, one line of a song. One line. You know, maybe maybe the characterization is that she knows her mom's kind of shady, so she's just mm-hmm. um, this this hardened shell that's around her. Because I talked about how there's no warmth in Josie's character. Maybe that's just sort of a direct result of her either being aware of something's going on with her mom, or that she mm-hmm. knows or she's witnessed in the past some things that you know her mom did maybe to get her where she is today, and she's just mm-hmm. trying to. Um, protect herself and blockade herself um, away from that until she can graduate high school or until she can become like you know a famous right. star. <laughs> yeah, keep on yeah. dreaming. Um, and um, <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's part of her. Maybe that's part of the character development at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean that would be great too. You know, if they give them death. Again, I've been saying this. I'm like, I have a feeling we're only going to see a lot of them just singing and dancing. Which whatever. Um, tomato, tomato. Um, all right, so yeah, there's the shady people there. Let's get to the shady, the, the shady uh, biker gang, which couldn't have a worse name, by the way. The Seaside Serpents is the. But I love that like, they hiss at people. I love yeah. that they hiss at people. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's so hilarious. I was like, that's not scary at all. Of all the updates that you could have been, you could have given the Seaside Serpents a much scarier name. So let's look at them in three pieces. Let's go to Seaside Serpent. Uh, Joaquin first uh, there at the movie theater during the uh, the show, which I think was the Rebel without without a cause or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin sees this guy, and he's at the movie with I guess Veronica in the back of the pickup truck. Cheryl comes and cock blocks or whatever. But uh, yeah, he goes off and he meets this kid who's a seaside serpent, and they have this huge makeout session, um, like up against a fence, like by the movie theater. Uh, what'd you think of that seaside serpent, uh, Joaquin uh, Cecily? Um, I kind of, I mean, it was a nice little touch that um, they had a male male coupling um, as the kids are watching Rebel Without a Cause, because mm-hmm. if you um, know any of like the, or if you read into any of the backstory about. Rebel without a cause. Um, Salminio, everybody knew Salminio was gay, and it was mm-hmm. reported that James Dean, if he wasn't gay, he had had sexual experiences with men before, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of that tension between the two of them carried itself out throughout the movie. So I thought that that was a nice touch. Um, mm-hmm. I liked, I really liked that Kevin's dad said, you know, I don't want you going out cruising. I just, you know, want you to go find a nice gay boy. And Kevin's saying, right. well, I am the nice gay boy. So mm-hmm. it was a kind of a nice little signature to let, to set up Joaquin's character, because I guess what they're trying to set up is that Kevin is the nice gay boy um, and mm-hmm. Joaquin is the not so nice gay boy, but they right. found each other somehow. And it's going to be, um, you know, present quite a challenge, I think, at some point for um, Sheriff Keller and his son, um, if this if this relationship carries on, it becomes more than just a physical relationship between the two of them. Um, mm. 
So, you know, the hissing thing, it just reminded me of, like, my days as, like, a, a young activist. Um, whenever we would, like, try to sh- – we wouldn't really shout anybody down. We would hiss at people. Like, if we did yeah. something, we would hiss at people. And so I was laughing while I was watching this because I was just thinking about how insufferable I was when I was 19. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to figure out the layers and the depths of the, the, the South Side Serpent um, as we go through the series. Um, I liked that the entry point for the South Side Serpent storyline isn't just um, within the, the young characters, within the kids, but there's also an entry point between the adults. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that there's still some very stereotypical elements, but mm-hmm. hopefully some of the stereotypical elements will sort of settle themselves a little bit um, and I also want to know why did it have to be the South Side? Why is the South Side always <laughs> shady side of town, no matter yeah. where you are? <laughs> yeah, I I didn't pause it. Was there were there any black South Side circles? I, I didn't. There I didn't were not. Look oh, I didn't see. Yeah. No, I didn't okay. see. Noted. Somehow, I'm sure they would have been related to the mayor. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe she way, was a Southside Serpent. She's always got long sleeves on. We don't know. Oh, that's right. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't do that. Oh, Lord. Mm, okay, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so Ethan Lee, what did you think about the Southside Serpents with Joaquin first? We're going to look at him on three levels. Um. So I'm talking about Joaquin. You know, I wasn't surprised. Like, they tried to make it seem like he was getting beaten up by Joaquin when they just showed mm. their feet and stuff. But it's like, come on. I No, you saw that smoldering look when they were at the snack stand getting popcorn mm-hmm. or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, once again, I Kevin is the only one. I yeah. heard that, and I'm like, is this, yeah. is this a nod to Kevin being gay, or are they trying to tell me that Hot Dog is not going to be in this series, and I want yeah. to see Hot Dog? I didn't know. A double entendre there. It was a double but entendre. I was like, what's, what's going on with that? But, um, you know, Joaquin is cute. It, I do, you know, they keep showing Kevin is the one who's getting it in in Riverdale. Nobody else is really getting it in but him, and apparently Chuck's made up sticky maples or whatever. <laughs> so, um I'm looking forward to more of that storyline because I know his character is going to be in a few episodes. Um, when I, I'm not going to talk about the um, the gang. We're not talking about that. So I'm right. happy with the introduction of Joaquin. I like that Kevin's dad seems to be cool with his son being gay. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal. I thought that yeah. whole scene was very endearing. That was okay. really refreshing, mm-hmm. I think, for the demographics that's watching this show to see that. So I yeah. like that. Yeah, and I, my my notes or whatever had jumping ahead like that was my highlight of the show. Like Kevin and his dad's relationship, uh, I mean, warmed my heart as a you know fairly left progressive type of person. I'm like, this is what we need to see on TV all the time. Like this is the parent relationship that we should see, and I was like so here for it that it made me very very happy. It was probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole series so far. Um, but like I said, that I'm jumping ahead. Um, the serpents, the next level would be the serpent father. Skeet Ulrich makes an appearance before we know that he's Jughead's dad, spoiler alert. Uh, he makes an appearance as the go-between between Hermione and the mayor or Hiram or whoever it is. So Skeet Ulrich makes an appearance. I'm thinking the last time I seen dude was on that CBS, uh, apocalyptic show. Now I can't remember the name of it. Jericho. That's the last time. And I couldn't. I'm watching it because I had to watch it on the computer. I couldn't watch it on the TV. And I'm like, why do I know that dude? I couldn't put his face and name together. You know who I really thought it was at first? This is terrible. I thought it was Richard Grieco from, like, 21 <laughs> Jump Street. <laughs> oh, no. I was Have like, you seen how bad Richard Grieco looks now? No, nah, I think I heard he kind of fell off the map a little bit. But that's who I thought it was. And I was just like, man, they really pulled him out the out the sticky maple. I kind of thought it so. was Nikki Cat for a minute because before Nikki Cat did Boston Public, um, mm-hmm. he was always playing like those kind of shady gangster kind of characters, and that's mm-hmm. why I thought it was at first. I was like, no, he's he's, he's a lot younger than Nikki Cat, so it can't be him. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, he he has that kind of face that he's he's hey that guy, you know when you yeah <laughs> yeah. I was just like, wow, okay. So I'm like, 
okay, he's the go-between. Hermione has some sort of relationship. At least she explained it to, tried to explain it to Veronica that, you know, she went to high school with some of these people too. But now they have this, I guess, you know, kind of symbiotic relationship or whatever involving this money. So, you know, and then on top of that, on the third level, he is also winds up being Jughead's father. So you have levels of uh, seaside serpents or whatever. What did you all think about the reveal where he winds up being Jughead's father as well, who also got fired from Lodge Industries, or not Lodge, from Archie Construction, construction for stealing yeah. Yeah, for stealing from him. What did you think about that, Cecily? I, I remember tweeting whether or not that was a retcon, because I seem to remember at one point, and this was, I remember reading it before the modern Archie comics, but mm-hmm. I seem to remember that Jughead's family was wealthy. So finding out that, you know, what we found out in the in the in the end of the show and finding out that his father is, I guess, the leader of the Southside Serpents, felt like a little bit of a retcon to me. Like it was you know, you don't hear a lot like if you look at the history of the comics, you really don't see Jughead's family all that much. I don't remember Jughead ever having a sister. Um so Yeah, Jelly Bean. This is the first time I'd ever heard of her, so um, you guys obviously have way more Archie knowledge than I've got, but it just kind of felt like, not that it was dropped out of nowhere, well, yeah, it kind of felt like it was dropped out of nowhere, and Mm -hmm. there was so much focus on the Archie and Grundy storyline where it would have been a lot more interesting to focus on Jughead's family storyline or or his father's storyline and how he ended up being where he is instead of focusing on that storyline that nobody really cared about and really wanted wrapped up as soon as possible. <laughs> right. Zizaline, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the um, Southside Serpent and Jughead's he, daddy. Well, you know, I didn't recognize Skeet Ulrich until like the last scene and I was like, oh my God, that is him, you know. And he looks really good. He has aged well. Um, Like you said, you know, I think in the Wade series they explained Jughead, if I'm not confused, that they were wealthy and then they lost all their money and then he kind of became someone who was teased for being poor when he had been kind of arrogant when he was rich. So when they revealed that that was his dad, I was shocked. And the fact that he's living at the drive-in, I was shocked yeah. by that. And it made me question, what are your friends doing? Do your friends know that this is your situation? Because it right. seems like they would be concerned that your home is being shut down and, like, where are you going to live, Jughead? So I'm questioning, do they understand his family situation mm-hmm. or is it all a big secret? Um, I did love the picture of him with Jelly Bean because that, that was just the cutest thing I've ever seen. So it makes me also wonder, where is she? Um, mm-hmm. I did notice that his dad did have on a wedding ring. So I have lots more questions about Jughead's family story. Um, but like you said, I wish they had spent more time with that and less time with this whole Grundy storyline, which ended up being a bunch of blank. When you're talking about do people know that this is Jughead's situation, I'm wondering if all of this stuff is what happened this summer, you know, the summer that he and Archie had his falling out. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's a relatively recent development. And, um, you know, maybe the road trip was going to be the point at which Jughead let Archie know what was going on with his family, you know, that he's living at the, the drive-in theater. Um, and, you know, the fact that they didn't go on this road trip is one of the reasons why Jughead feels so betrayed because he always felt maybe that Archie was somebody that he could trust and he could tell him anything. Um, mm-hmm. And this is something that's so such a big thing in his life and he can't really tell anything about it. He couldn't even tell his best friend about it. So I wonder if maybe that's when it happened. Like it's a relatively recent development. I want to go with that because Mm -hmm. before now, the whole we stopped being friends because we didn't go on this road trip thing just did not play out for me as a reason to not be best friends anymore. So I'm going to go with that theory because that makes much more sense than what they're presenting to us. Yeah. There could be be levels of betrayal there too that he, you know, uh, Fred Andrews does fire his dad. And like that obviously puts Archie, you know, their friendship under strain. And then 
you know, whatever that does to the economic situation of the, the Jones household, you know, not having a job, maybe losing his house, you know, you know what I mean? Like there could be some levels there where that misplaced anger and blame is placed on Archie, even though it was dad that, who had made the decision. So it could have all yes. been all bundled up together. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, in the Wade book, they did, like, his nickname, Jughead, came from, I think they were rich in, like, they made bottled water or something along those lines. And something happens at the plant where they lose all their money, and then that's the nickname that they give him is Jughead uh, for the jugs mm-hmm. of water oh, or something that they sold. Yeah, so, I mean, that, but I think that's a retcon modern uh, history um, for him. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm, Jughead is uh, warming up to me on this show. I wasn't kind of a real big fan the first few episodes, but, you know, he's starting to get a little bit more um, depth to his character, so I'm I'm liking Jughead a little bit more. Um, and, again, like the reveal of him living in the that place uh, in the movie theater or the drive-in or whatever and with his dad, I was like, man, that's kind of messed up. Um, yeah, that's really kind of feels up, like so. It kind of feels like they're setting him up to be the moral center of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, that's great. And I did, and I'll side topic here really quick. Well, I guess we'll kind of do it here with the Grundy thing, so never mind. Um, all mm-hmm. right. <laughs> we have to deal with it. I put it last. Um, it would be nice if we were putting this to bed forever, but her look, her Lolita look over her heart-shaped sunglasses at that last scene she was in tells me that she we ain't seen the last of her. Um, so... It's revealed that Miss Grundy, after uh, Betty Mars, is doing her investigating and she gets confronted about it. She tells Archie this tale of being an abused woman that uh, had to flee whichever town in Minnesota to Riverdale. And that's the reason that she changed her name. That's the reason that she has the gun, you know, because she's always in fear of this gentleman coming back and finding her. And this is how she started her new life in Riverdale. Now, again, I don't want to make light in the sense that, you know, this could absolutely be true. This is something that, you know, women have been through before in life and in movies and whatnot. So I'm not trying to make light of that. Um, As it was executed on that show, it didn't ring true. Um, So I just kind of was like, whatever. And as everything unravels, as Mrs. Cooper finds the, the journal and the gun and she takes Fred Andrews and everybody over to confront after Archie has done, and this is what I was saying before, Archie has literally turned into the Archie from the comic book because he always tries to do the right thing. He really does. And so him ending this affair, even though he's in love with this lady, him like ending it and buying her like this new, what are those things called? I'm not a musician. Uh, a bow. No, a a bow. bow. Okay. He buys in the bow. Like that seems like something Archie would do. And I was like, oh, yeah, that kind of seems right before the big intervention confrontation. Um, and so we'll get into that now. So what did you think of the confrontation and the conclusion, air quotations, um, Cetaline, of Miss Grundy? Um, let's just say I wrote some swear words on Twitter that night. <laughs> <laughs> I was so angry about the whole thing. Um, up until the point that Archie decides he's going to, in the relationship, it's not right. I, if it if it had ended right there, I probably would have been okay, you know. Yeah. But then Alice comes in, Fred comes in, Betty comes in, and then it's like the writers just like flip the switch to Archie then saying, "I wanted it to happen. I wanted everything that happened to happen." And I was like, "Oh, why are why are we doing this?" No one is talking about going to the police. They just want her to leave. It's just so, it was, I've just thought it was so irresponsible how they did this whole storyline. If something doesn't come to fruition with it being related to the murder, I have no idea why they even went this route. Um, The fact that they show her looking at more young boys at the end, I found just disgusting. I just have no idea why they did it. it I, I call it bullshit. I just said it was the most bullshit storyline for no no reason that I can see. I just, I, I can't, I can't with, it makes me so upset just talking about it. It was horrible. I thought it was horrible. I thought the parents were horrible. 
I thought the only person with any redeeming quality in that scene was Betty. Mm. The rest of them were, they were crap. I hated it. Cecily? Um, I agree with everything that C. Tulina said. I mean, it's just the whole storyline from start to, I guess, it's not finished to midpoint, but we know she's going to come back. But it just kind of felt like it's not that they knew that the audience was turning against Grundy and Archie because Mm -hmm. they filmed all of this last fall. And, you know, so it's not like they've all of a sudden – heard what people are saying and then they, they're changing course or anything, but the storyline has just dragged on and I feel like it added a necessary weight to the show. And I understand that they wanted to show that, you know, there is a darkness to Riverdale and having her being lecherous toward the two boys that she's leaving town is kind of an indication of, you know, the darkness that's in Riverdale. Um, I think that everything that she said in terms of, why she has a fake name, I think that that was a lie. Um, because if it were true, what kind of person is it? I mean, she's already she's already demonstrated that she's a sketchy, bad person who has, you know, really no moral sense whatsoever by getting involved with a 15-year-old boy. But if this was true, that she was running away from somebody else, running away from an abusive husband, and that's why she changed her identity, she's furthermore endangered this 15-year-old boy by getting involved with him. If her husband was mm-hmm. as violent and as jealous as she said, then she's already put Archie's life at risk, you know, just by getting involved with him. And it just weighed down the whole series so far. And I'm glad that she's going to, we're going to get a little bit of a break from her. Um, I didn't feel like that they really had any chemistry to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the the rather hastily tied bow with which they wrapped up this storyline <laughs> or this part of it. Um, right. You know, it's in a shambles and it's fraying already. Um, I'm, I'm glad that everything's come to light, but, you know, the the less I see of Grundy, um, the, the more I'll probably like the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was um, thinking as each person came in, it was just going to get more and more ridiculous, and it did. And I, again, pissed off as a somebody again who counsels people for my day job. Um, so okay, yeah, everything that she did, I didn't, you know, it was fine. I didn't, I wanted everything. I, you know, it was like this idea that boys can't be taken advantage of by, you know, or taken or preyed upon by an older adult woman, and it just played right into that. Like they literally said everything that that people say on Twitter every time it happens with a female educator. That, like, well, you know, my teacher looked like that. You know, of course, I would do it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to shoot somebody. Really? Mm -hmm. This is pissing me off that much. Like, don't do that. Because, again, if this were a male teacher and a 15-, 16-year-old girl, they would be dragging him through the mud into a jail cell and throwing him underneath it, you know. But because it's a boy, then it's okay. It's, it's, It's so awful. I hated that part of it. I hate it, again, as an educator. I'm like, you know what, I'll just leave town. Okay, cool. Everybody's cool with that? All right. So it's like, like we're, there's, that's the conclusion. She'll just leave. Nobody tells anybody. You know, I mean, I like Betty was like, you know, kind of confronted her mom about her being a freaking wackadoodle about, you know, mm-hmm. look, like I don't want this to go down this way, and I'll do everything I can to prevent you from ruining my relationship with Archie. And, you know, I and I enjoyed that, and I liked how they tied their friendship or kind of put their friendship back on order when they're texting each other through the window at the end of the episode. Like, I liked that. But the less that Grundy is there, the better. And like I said, that little freaking over the look look on their sunglasses at those boys, you know, with the little heart sunglasses, I was just like, Ugh. it's in shiver up my spines. And like, y'all did not have to go there for this whole thing. And y'all put a whole quarter of your whole season based on it and knowing that it's not done with. So it was just, I'm glad she's gone. I hope we don't see her again until the second half of the season. But um, I have a strange feeling that whatever she did is going to get dragged way into the conclusion of this season or whatever the season does and the conclusion mm-hmm. of it. So uh, I know we're not done with her. I did like the little throwback to Geraldine Grundy, the little picture in the obituary mm-hmm. or whatever. I did like yeah, that. that was nice. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was nice. Like I wonder how long they had to test and find wigs to find some old white lady. 
to make her look like that in that newspaper article. Uh, that actually, that, was, that picture actually comforted me that it was not supposed to be our Grundy from the comics. Yeah. Like that yeah. made me feel like, okay, they're not trying to say that our Grundy is this Lolita pedophile that she mm-hmm. actually died seven years ago. And I'm like, okay, I, I can deal with that. But yeah, yeah. that was, I, I needed that picture. Yeah. Again, hopefully it's done for a while and they can focus on something else. Um, I know the way I watched it online, it didn't give me like the preview for next week. And ha- mm. well, I don't have some, uh, so I didn't see what was, what was. I don't think there was a preview for, on the broadcast either, actually, now that I think about it. There was. I, next week is was going there? to be, um, next week is going to be Jason's memorial, you guys. Oh, and there were some God. tears, there was some screaming, there was this quick shot of Mrs. Blossom, like, running her hands through Archie's red hair and saying, yes. you remind me so much of him. So I feel like mm-hmm. this show is really good with the previews for next week because mm-hmm. at the end of every show, I'm, like, in a mild state of being pissed off, but then they show <laughs> the previews for next week, and I'm like, oh, I got to see that. I got to see what happens next week. That line from The Godfather, every time I think I'm out, they pull me right back in. So, it is um, true. <laughs> it is true. Yep. Uh, okay, true. so yeah, uh, that's good. So uh, just side quick, like, man, how long does it take? I mean, he's been dead for it, three weeks of shows now. Now we're just getting to the memorial. My goodness gracious. Well, yeah, I guess if you have the autopsy and stuff, and then you yeah. have to get the body released and I, all that stuff. But I, I'm assuming they would yeah, have done something. The first time he died. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, they just dragging it up. Um, Cheryl mm-hmm. was just about absent this week, by the way. And again, she's my center of the show for me, at least. And she was, you know, she had some shady lines about Hermione uh, touching the money, which was awesome. Like, yeah, like lodges have sticky fingers. I'm like, ah, oh, leave that girl. Woo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was drinking. Did you see her drinking right in the middle of the chocolate shop? I love that she was adding like cherry mm-hmm. bourbon or cherry brandy to, to everything. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were drinking. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, that, yeah let's bury the Grundy thing for a while, hopefully. Um, I put it in there as a, as a note there, but any, nothing really in this episode would change anything about you, about your, your um, suspects for who killed the Blossom Boy, right? There was really no reveals or anything. Well, Bill Hal Cooper. Bill Hal Cooper, yeah, me too. I think, you know, um, I still think that I don't think it's Grundy anymore. I'm just like, I don't even want to utter her name anymore. But I, we didn't mention the break-in at Kevin's house. Yes, that's what I forgot the, to put in. Yes. Yeah, so there's this break-in while the people are at the last picture show or at Rebel Without a Cause, and they come home and their house has been broken into and, like, a lot of the clues and stuff have been been messed up. So I think you can kind of rule some people out, like people who were actually at the drive-in maybe wouldn't have been at the house breaking in at that time. Um, I'm still going to go with Jason's parents as suspects for myself. I'm thinking maybe they broke in to see what does the sheriff have as far as clues, et cetera. Um, but I'm still going to solidly go with the Blossom parents as the okay. killers. I have a strange feeling that Sheriff Keller is not going to be with us all season. Um, it just seems like he's going to be, you know, that the good cop who's always trying to do right is going to get put into a situation where he's not going to make it. And mm. I just have that weird feeling about that. Again, hope I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I'm still I'm still in the Hal Cooper camp. Um, we still haven't seen Polly yet. Uh, that'll probably tell us a lot when Polly Cooper comes up. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm still with you, uh, Cecily, about uh, Mr. Cooper. He showed up this week too, right? And that didn't work he out did. well when they went to he go did. And once he again, did. he didn't really have anything to say. Yeah, he's so hen- he's so henpecked. I think you're right. Yeah. He has like all that stuff is like bottled up yeah. inside with him. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't take this shit no more. And then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's oh, it. He's gonna finally lose it. And uh, poor Jason Blossom. Uh, all right. 
the ratings for this week uh, was down from week three, um, and in both categories and the overall ratings, I think it was at 1.1 some odd million, down from 1.3 some odd million before, and the uh, 18 to 49 was about the same. Um, so I did go on um, a couple of websites that I trust. I can't. One is um, uh, shoot. Follow, he follows me on Twitter too, and we follow each other. Uh, it's it's I can't remember. It's about this the the death of TV shows, like a cancellation, like kind of index, and they're rating the show that you know based on what it is doing and the shows that came before it that were in the same time spot, same time spot that it is on track to get renewed for season two. Um, so no. that's good news. Um, so I mean, they give it, you know, out of out of four ratings, like four being for sure it's going to be renewed. It was out of three, so that's good. And um, so there was that news, and then there was another piece of news that came out in the Hollywood Reporter this week that Archie Comics people signed a developmental deal with Warner Brothers to possibly bring out some uh, new uh, some new developmental deals based on Archie Comics. I'm like, well, all the characters are on this show. So that would either lead to a spinoff, which you would think. I know some people, I know Cecily doesn't want to see the Josie and Pussycat show, but there could be the Josie and no. Pussycat. <laughs> I, I, I would say the front runner would have to be Sabrina, would probably be Yay! one. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my front runner. And I, I read something in an article, somebody was like, yeah, Katie Keene would get a show. I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those back away from the computer and close the laptop. I'm like, I'm just going to go away for a while because <laughs> Katie Keene gets a TV show. I'm completely out of this um, for sure. So, you know, things must be happening. If they're able to survive, sign developmental deals, some people must be happy with what's going on. Uh, yeah, so they must have thing. faith in it. So. And I do. Cool. All right. And having that Vermonti backing probably doesn't yes, hurt. Yes, it doesn't hurt. No, not at all. Um, not at all. All right, I, I skipped it there. What were your highlights and lowlights of the week? I told you my highlight was the Kevin Keller's dad and his relationship. That was great for me. What were some of your highlights? Uh, Cecily, what was your highlight of the week? Kevin's dad um, and also um, Cheryl trying to talk smack. Um, mm-hmm. And but still finding herself in the back of the truck with with the people that she calls the rejects. So yes. it's like now that she realizes that um, Veronica really is the queen bee of Riverdale, um, mm-hmm. she's trying to cozy up to her a little bit. But I actually kind of like the the interplay between Kevin, uh, Cheryl, and Veronica. So that was one of my highlights of the week. Yeah, that'd be a good show too. Just the three of them. Like living in like a Manhattan loft somewhere, like having a oh, whatever like a, life kind of an, an update of Three's Company. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah something like that. When Jack would really be gay this time. Oh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, what about a, a highlight for you, Cecilie? Um, I really, I liked, of course, the scene with Kevin's dad, and I really liked Jughead's storyline this week. I, I really liked that last scene of him at the drive-in you know, looking through where he's been living, looking at that picture of his um, sister, and then the interaction with him and his dad, you know, they kind of, they they had their interaction. The last thing you see is this, this sweet smile between the two of them. So mm-hmm. I don't know why he's not living with his dad or with his parents, but there's definitely still love there. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to just say my low, my um, my low for this week, once again, was Archie. I felt mm-hmm. like... Again, I don't know why he's even in the show. He doesn't hang out with his friends. He doesn't. He didn't go to the picture show. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't even know why. He just doesn't feel like a main character. They just right. need to do something better with him because right now I'm – and also, has his hair gotten darker this week? <laughs> like the yeah. red of his hair yeah, barely looks red? Yeah. Like I wish they would just like – Archie gets covered in paint and his hair is just black and we're just done with the red. Like, yeah. I don't even care that he's a redhead anymore. You know, it's there, just like... There is an interesting interview with KJ Alpha who was explaining the hair and he's like, you know, my hair grows really fast and he has to dye his hair every two weeks and now I feel really sorry mm. for him. Wow. Oh. Mm. I heard him actually speaking, like when they do the um, voiceover. I was like, oh, that is really sexy. Can Archie talk like that for real? <laughs> that would be much more interesting 
then what I'm getting It's kind of like the guy who plays, um, I don't know if you watch The Flash, but the guy yes. who plays Wally West People, is from Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just yeah. make my head explode, but. I know, it's so <laughs> sexy. Sometimes he periscopes. Oh, yes, I'm here for yeah. it. Wow. I, I, I was looking at his hair, too, and I was looking at, you know, you could really, this week you could really kind of see his kind of like island features. Like, mm-hmm. more so than other weeks, and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, he's a bit character on his own show at this point, so, I mean, it's, I mean, and again, it's not his show, but if you think Riverdale, you think Archie is the first person that you think of, but, I mean, he is now, like, like not a, like a tertiary character on his own show. I don't think people mm-hmm. even care about Archie all that long. Um, I know, I don't. A, I think he yeah. got tan. I think he must have went tanning or something. He looked yeah, he just look very different. different. This week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cecily, did you have a low light this week besides Grundy? Um, probably the fact that Fred did not react to finding mm-hmm. out that his son was being raped on a I yeah. don't know yeah. basis. I don't know how, how often they were doing it, or that he had yeah. absolutely no reaction whatsoever. Or maybe I missed it. He had no, no he reaction didn't. whatsoever that he was trying to put the move on his son's rapist. So yeah. that was probably my low point of the week. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand Fred's parents. There was there was one scene when Archie got out of the truck and he kind of Fred said it's okay, you didn't do anything wrong, and they hugged. Yeah. That was it. And Archie, I said, I tweeted, Archie needs to go to therapy. Archie, yeah, Fred, you need to take him directly to therapy. Yeah, a lot of therapy. He is confused. He is so yeah. And, like, the forehead furrowing was working for me in other episodes, but now I'm starting to remember that, you know, it. it uh, when he does, what's the actor's name? I'm drawing a blank. When he does, he on, on uh, 902, I know he would do the exact same thing. He would furrow his Luke forehead. Luke Perry. Mm-hmm. He would furrow his yeah. forehead in lieu of any actual acting skill. And yeah. he would do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like I know. Uh, hey, Fred, how are you? Uh, I could be your son's therapist. Uh, we, were, I know you're an independent contractor. We have a sliding scale, um, but you need to check out with the secretary up front because um, your kid's gonna need some time, man. We, yeah, we take HMOs, PPOs, whatever you got, man, because your son has really got the potential to become somebody that you don't want to see later on if we don't try to fix it. Um, yeah, I hope I, we see some of that. Yeah, that'd be great. And, and you know what? This, this, they'll Berlanti it up, and he'll be having relationships with his therapist at that point. You know what I mean? Like, oh, just, please, you, since no. you open that, since, no, but since you open that box, then you could you. It's always open at that point. Like, well, if they went there That's once, they'll definitely go there again. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, he gets a male counselor or therapist. Um, yeah, that 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 was a low light for me. Um, like I said, the lack of Cheryl in this episode was kind of a low light, um, too. And, um, again, that's just me projecting about this stuff with the mayor. I was like, man, the mayor can't be cleaned. Like, you know, you got a few black characters on here. You're going to make the layer, you know, the mayor shifty. But, again, I, I forgot about the Robin Gibbons theory that she yeah. got to play somebody <laughs> shifty. So if, if, I had put, if I had put that in my head, I should have known ahead of time, but I didn't. Uh, so. But yeah, uh, again, good episode this week. Um, overall, definitely, definitely into it now. Like now, it has become something that I'm, you know, definitely looking forward to every week now. Uh, besides the podcast too, but I'm looking forward to the show because now I, I'm, I'm invested enough that now I want to see how the, the resolution of it. So we're good. All right, all right. So that is episode three. I should call it four so we could be on the thing the same with the uh, with the show. But whatever. Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can subscribe. You can leave a rating. We have a rating this week that somebody had left there on the iTunes account, which was really nice. Uh, I know I got something from my Facebook page, too, that somebody there. Y'all are, um, again, like I say to you every week, y'all are definitely um, do such a great job here with this podcast. And uh, we really appreciate y'all and watching the show with y'all and talking about it. It's Again, one of the highlights of my week, and I'm not blowing smoke. This is actually how I feel. So thank you, thank you, thank you to you two for sure. Um, oh. Yes, this is not, <laughs> that's not me being – no, I'm serious. Y'all think I'm just – No, I'm serious I'm not. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so thank you. Feel free to subscribe, share with your friends. Uh, yeah, do that, all of that, and then some. 
Um, Brothers Comics Business, uh, I don't think I have any this week. I think we're good until March when we have cons and cons and cons all over the place. But, yeah, that's that. Uh, Cephaline, tell them where they can find you if they want to follow you on uh, Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Cetaline, C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. Excellent. And Cecily, tell them where they can find you. Now, you got other things besides the Twitter page. Like, I trolled your page. And I was like, oh, well, she's got this and she's got this. So you got to plug for yourself. Um, mostly everything is at Twitter, though. So Twitter okay. is uh, at S-K-E-S-K-A-L-I. Um, I have a, a blog that never gets updated. Um, yeah. uh, my domain is Cecily.info. Um, I am on various other social networks, basically using the exact same screen name. So gotcha. if you're somewhere and you see a Cecily, it's probably me. <laughs> and y'all can find me uh, at Brothers Comics on Twitter, at Brothers Comics on uh, uh, Instagram, at Brothers Comics on Tumblr. Uh, at Brothers Comics on Facebook. Uh, you can get to me in any of those ways. You can email me at Brothers Comics. We also have a blog that I've been horribly terrible at updating. Uh, it's www.brotherscomics.com. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-S comics.com. Um, and I think that's about it. Awesome. So, whew, another week. Y'all ever fully invested, though, in this show? Like, it's not like you're going to be like, you know what, I'm done. I can't watch it anymore. As long as you keep having good previews. Good previews. Yeah. I'm in. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> Gotta hold out till Polly shows up. Gotta. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I saw the casting for her on IMDb or whatever. I'm like, all right, I guess we can go with this. I don't know. I, I, no, no Weatherby this week. We didn't do the people of color on there because there were none this week. Um, um, there, the was. Shady Mayor. there was. Shady Mayor. There was. Who was on? There was Who? the mayor. Um, if you look closely... <laughs> In the window of the chocolate shop, when Jughead was talking, you could see the reflection of Pop in the window. (laughs) 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 He was cleaning a counter. Of course he was. (laughs) Go back and look. I swear. I swear Um, to you. Jesus. Man, whatever. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, wow. Yeah. So that's besides besides pop haunting the windows of the chocolate shop. Um, yeah, shady shady mayor. Uh, y'all said there were no black serpents. And then well, just, Joaquin yeah. is a person of color. Joaquin, he did yeah, appear to be. Me. Yeah, he did appear to be. Yeah, that's fine. We can take him too. Yeah. <laughs> We'll take yeah, we'll, him. We'll count him. Well, sometimes you gotta you gotta get creative on those counts. Sometimes, so we'll take. He's him. also Canadian, so you know. That's it. Uh, uh, yep. yep. Double word score. So uh, we'll take <laughs> him too. Awesome. All right. So yeah. So that'll conclude episode number three of Pretty Little Riverdale. Again, you can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, um, or anywhere you stream your favorite uh, podcast. Um, again, leave a message. Subscribe rate, all of those types of things. So uh, as the producer of this podcast, I'm going to sign off. Uh, C. sign off. Thank you for listening. Can't wait to hear your reviews. <laughs> Cecily, sign off. And never forget, everything's Archie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys, take it easy. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.